Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition and episode of the First and Ten Podcast right here on the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Your host, of course, Dave Sturgio, alongside two of the other premier hosts of this podcast network. Not just not just this podcast in particular. You can find these guys on the roundtables as well. And soon enough, you'll see their lovely mugs over on the Chop Sports uh I guess you can call it the network uh, where there's a lot of details to go into that, but welcome in Aiden Davis and Tony Catalina boys. First question. And you have to answer this with a straight face. You like that? <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> I know you guys like that. Oh my God. The Cowboys get it done today. Uh, an absolute thrashing of the Minnesota Vikings 40 to three on a Sunday afternoon, technically almost sort of kind of prime time. Kirk Cousins showed up. It was a great game all around. There's so much to dive into, so much to dive into for the NFC East as a whole. And of course, this week, short week, you know, obviously we'll have, uh, you know, standard coverage of of uh, of a preview type game, you know, going into the to the week with other podcasts. But of course, we'll touch on that game as well. Uh, but boys, Tony, I'll start with you, bro. Forty to three. Have you ever been able to kick your feet up like you did today? You know, I was thinking about it. I mean, maybe 2020 Rams game. I don't know, but like, like that too. Yeah. You know, it's it was such an awesome feeling to to just and we talked about it. We're very vocal about it on this podcast. Like this team and this season feels different. This is the type of game that this team, you know, in years past wouldn't have been able to put together. So I, I this was the exact answer they needed to have after that Packers week, and I'm pretty pumped up about it. I can't lie. Aiden, uh, Kirk Thuggins came in there with his chains on and everything like that, ready to rock and roll. Um, and I think I think Micah Parsons had a little something to say about that. I think I think um, I, I would say if you if you guys are uh, familiar with the documentary of the Bulls, uh, what was it called again? Uh, the Last Dance. The Last Dance. Yeah, it, you know, uh, Michael Jordan kind of came back and said, like, I took that personally. You know what I mean? And I think Parsons took this entire game personally, had himself an absolute uh, a game, and, um, and the Cowboys dominated every uh, every way, shape, and form. How do you feel? I feel great, and. I love the fact that the Vikings beat the Bills last week because there was kind of this feeling that, oh, are the Vikings, like, are they actually a good team? They beat the Bills last week, and they, the Vikings go off. They think they are the premier team in the NFC. They are booking their flights to the Super Bowl, and the Cowboys come into their home stadium and completely dominate them. I mean, it was an all-around great performance from literally every side of the ball, and just as a disclaimer to Dan Quinn, 
Look what happens when you use Micah Parsons in the pass rush. The entire defense, it's just, it's night and day when you use Micah Parsons the right way. I think the best part about having Micah Parsons as a premier pass rusher is, one, obviously he's an absolute bully, and we saw what he can do in single. Uh, you know, when somebody won tried to go one-on-one with it, it didn't happen. He also found himself right up the gut, up in, in Kirk Cousins' face plenty of times. But a, a testament to the other guys, I'm telling you, like once, look, the blueprint's going to be out. You, you're going to have to put an extra body on Micah Parsons. It's just what you got to do. But the best part about this Cowboys defense is that there's guys named Demarcus Lawrence. There's guys named Dorrance Armstrong. There's guys named Dante Fowler. They're all contributing from the outsides. And then, of course, penetration up the middle when Parsons draws more coverage. So it's just an overall great defensive line, an overall great defensive effort today. I guess I'll start with you, Tony. What do you think? I mean, obviously, you said it right in pre. You're like, there's a million scenarios. <laughs> this was probably the one million and one scenario that you thought could have played out in this game, and that's a complete domination out of the Cowboys. What? But if there had to be one thing that kind of surprised you the most right off the rip, what was it? I just think that how complete the football game was. I mean, in all phases, this team came out with a mission, and they were out there just proving, you know, last week was an outlier and not the standard. I mean, you always say and you always think about it like football is a game of momentum. It's a game of emotional swings. And as much as there's technical, you know, there's technical aspects of it, you know, what is a mindset? What is the motivation? And, you know, that can really go a long way with a football team in a certain football game. Uh, The Cowboys came out here and absolutely wanted to put that Packers game in the rear view and you know they did that in spades so and like i said like you mentioned there's a million things in different ways i thought this game could go and this just truly wasn't one of them you know i i knew this team was good enough to win a game i didn't know they were able to go out there and kind of put a performance like this together so bravo they uh they definitely uh got a fan and uh and a big some kudos for me this week aiden uh something that jumps off the charts to you outside of the fact that yeah i mean like 40 to 3 you just don't see these games and, and let's just call it how it is. They said it on the broadcast. Everybody knows that if you're a Cowboys historian, this is the biggest, largest margin of victory on the road in Dallas Cowboys history. So no, they've never blown a team out by 37 points on the road. So outside of that little nugget, is there anything else that kind of jumps off the charts at you? The main thing that jumped off the charts or off the page for me in terms of this win was the secondary. I mean, you're coming off a game where the secondary, I'm put it plainly, they were exposed by Aaron Rodgers. They, Aaron Rodgers struggled all season and he in Lambeau puts up a 70% completion percentage against the Cowboys secondary. And it didn't look, it looked closer to like 80, 90%. Aaron Rodgers completely took the secondary to task last week. And then they turn around and Justin Jefferson has 33 yards. It's not like Thielen had a big game. Osborne maybe caught a pass there. I think if I had to guess their leading receiver, leading pass catcher had to have been Hawkinson and, that was just because Kirk Cousins was just dumping the ball off to him when Micah Parsons was in his face. So to show to rebound like that, big for the Cowboys secondary. Yeah, absolutely. The Cowboys uh, secondary and pass rush, they, I mean, from jump. I mean, it was so funny. I'm watching the game as I do with my dad all the time. And, you know, um, it was second down and then third down. He goes, what better way to to start a game and you go three and out. And I was like, well, how about a strip sack fumble? <laughs> you know what I mean? How about, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better, Pop. You know what I mean? Like So, again, it, it was right off the rip that the Cowboys were just off to the races with this. You, obviously, you kind of want to see seven points on that first drive. But, again, 
getting their bearings and, and everything like that. And everything turns into points. And that's, that's just wonderful. And I think we saw anger maybe a little bit more towards the end when it was garbage time. But outside of that, there was no punts and we were worried. It's actually going into the game. I think it was listed as questionable. I, I, I think it was like a, an illness of some sort. I, I, what's the remedy to the illness? Just don't use them. <laughs> we didn't have to use them. It was, it was fine. Um, but yeah. So again, a lot to dissect, even in the offense. Our, uh, I, I said this last week, and I firmly believe this, and I stand by this, and again, I'm always the one beating my chest from the mountaintops, but when Ezekiel Elliott is in the ball game, it gives you the ability to do what you do with Tony Pollard. Now, I understand Tony Pollard has had these games before, but let's call it how it is. It's usually, usually, not all the time, usually when Ezekiel Elliott is at least a factor. And I know the stats aren't going to look sexy on the paper for, for Zeke, right? His, his yards per carry are going to look like crap. But overall, the hard yards, the the hard nose stuff, there was the, the goal line stance where I was just like, look, man, just get Zeke in that game. And they had Pollard in the first two downs. And I'm like, all right, already, enough. Get 21 in the game so we can score. And sure enough, that's what happens. So, Tony, I, I know me and you have been pretty much advocates for the Tony Pollard-Zeke tandem where it's okay to have both, right? But talk to me a little bit about what you saw out of the running game today. I think this is exactly what the Cowboys envision, right? I think the the conversation between Pollard and Zeke is more for us and for the fans that have that conversation. I think the Cowboys are totally in tune in touch with what they want to do with the both of them. You know, Zeke ended up finishing with 15 carries for 42 yards. Like you said, not really a stat cheat jumper, scored, but, <laughs> but scored twice. Right. Yeah, two touchdowns, right? So if, if that's what the remedy is, the, if it's going to be a slightly Pollard lean in carries, but Ezekiel it's going to be able to punch it in, you know, mind you, some of those touchdowns touchdowns you know one two yards out so it's going to affect the yards per carry average but you get six points out of it so i think we'll take that fair trade um but that being said this is exactly what we look at some of the best duos in football and running like where they're going to be next year how they're going to use them where the pie and the money is going to be divvied up is not any of our concern until this season is over right now the cowboys Kellen Moore, they're all on the same page with how this team needs to use these two running backs, and it's 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 working in, in harmony. Like you said, Ezekiel Elliott getting 15 plus carries, finding Z uh, Pollard to be able to get you know 10, teens, 15, whatever touches he needs. It's it's working. They're fresh. They're they're making the most of it. Tony Pollard is definitely the lightning, and, and Zeke is definitely the thunder. So I I have no complaints about the way they use both of them. Yeah. So basically, and, the breakdown. To, what was I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aiden. Well, I was just going to hit on the fact that. Yeah, those two touchdowns were great from Elliott, but the Cowboys today, 12 of 17 on third downs. I would, if I had to guess, I think eight of those were Ezekiel Elliott, two, three yard rushes that I mean, I wouldn't really trust Pollard in there. So like Zeke is a huge factor in third downs is I think the main way that you see Zeke show up third so, and obviously goal line. So, so to wrap all that up, uh, to put a bow on that conversation, uh, to all you nerds out there that are worried about numbers, yeah, just miss me with all your stupid analytics. Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard on the field at the same time are a very, very deadly duo. Now, moving on to, um, you know, the guy who throws the rock, right? And the guy who actually decided to take off and run a couple times today. Dak Prescott, again, has himself a fantastic day. Statistically, if you stat nerds want to go out and, and crucify some of his games, you can't crucify this one. He absolutely teared it up. Um, teared it up. Listen to me. I'm a journalist. Uh, tore it up. Um, but anyway, uh, Dak Prescott plays a fantastic game of football again. Tony, uh, is there a way that he can – I mean, usually when you look at a game, like any game, like anytime you dissect four's play, Usually you say like, ah, you know, there was that one throw and then, yeah, oh, man, there was another throw. 
did you see anything out of today that kind of made you seem like, oh, man, he could have had that one back. There was a couple where I'm just like, mm, did he short arm that? But then after the replay, I'm like, man, if he actually, that ball was thrown up any higher, it might have been a pick. You know what I'm saying? So, like, did you see any flaws out of four today? He he was on he was on the money. What did he finish with? The eighty eight percent, you know, completion percentage. Like yeah. out, his three second incompletions. Best. Three wow. incompletions. I mean, you can, It's tough to nitpick a guy that had one hundred and thirty plus, you know, passer rating and only mm. three incompletions. Um, you know that that pass to Tony Pollard on that wheel that they that hit the touchdown on was a dot. I mean, he put it right on him. I think any of us could have made that catch put in the same position. So what about the throw to CD? Right. I mean, that, I mean, we saw that they mentioned it. It was much the same play design as the Packers, how they got us in that, in that uh, mm. game there. But, you know, Dak Prescott, when he's feeling it, there's, he's in the top echelon of guys when he's cooking and he's making the right decisions and he's got full autonomy of that offense. I mean, that's why people have the top 10, you know, top seven conversation about the guy because he was rolling. You know, I think they like the matchup, and, and you always say that styles make fights in this league. And the Cowboys, for whatever reason, when they play the Vikings and they play Kirk Cousins, they, they come out, they play well. And uh, if you want to nitpick anything, it, it's a tough week to do that because Dak Prescott was out there just playing well. And, you know, I'm going to harp on it. I'll say it again. Like, that was what we needed to see from this team if we're going to think they're different this year compared to years prior. So that was awesome. Aiden, there was a couple actual RPO design runs for Dak today, and that was kind of like very interesting to see that because typically you don't see it. And, it, you know, there was a couple times he was flushed out and called his own number, uh, so it worked out pretty cool uh, for him. But is that something that you think Kellen Moore has to throw in there more just to kind of just to kind of keep the defense like saying, all right, like there is the ability for him to go. He's not Lamar. He's not even, he's not even Jalen hurts in that regard. He's not the guy that's going to run. He's not definitely not Justin Fields. He's not the guy that's going to take off first, but do you think they used it a, a healthy amount of balance today? I think if anything, I'd like to see it a little bit more because when you're feeding Zeke, when you're feeding Pollard, when that running game is humming, like it was today. And the, I think, Moore's best play call of the day was that RPO. I, I, I think it was a design run to Dak. I think it was going to pull it no matter what, but it was like a third and seven. Mm. And I see Dak go to hand it off to Pollard. I was like, handing off to Pollard on third and seven, my mind instantly, like within that snap of a moment, I was infuriated at Kellen Moore. And I see Dak pull it and he had nothing but daylight. It was just such a genius call on third and seven when, I mean, if Dak's if Dak's gonna put the ball into Pollard's stomach there, the entire defense thinks he's gonna hand it off because that's what they've been doing all game. And so brilliant from Kellen Moore. And I'd love to see it more in those like third and seven, second and seven yardage situations. Now, before we get into anything, we did get a private message sent over to the to the chat here to check on a J. Ron Curse tweet. And he just tweeted out about seven minutes ago as in real time. Now, just wait until we get OBJ to join. Even more scary. So look, there is some heavy politicking right now. And OBJ, you know, he tweet, he tweeted out there and said they went off today or they went crazy or something like that. Look, there's a lot of a lot Are of we people. Sure? What? We sure he wasn't talking about the Giants there? No, he definitely. Yeah, it's so funny. You know, coming from a pro wrestling background, like as soon as I read that, I opened my eyes today and I read the whole like. You know, he's narrowed it down to two, right? And I'm just like, all right, well, we'll see what happens here. I was like, wait a minute. Is Thanksgiving Day going to be like a like an Odell Beckham on a pole match? You know what I mean? Like, it's like somebody's got to grab them, right? Like, somebody's <laughs> going to take them for their team. Uh, but we'll get into OBJ in a second. But, yeah, overall, just an absolute thrashing of the Vikings. Um, 
And look, I, I think a lot of people were coming out saying that the Vikings, if you are an analytics guy and you see that there's adjusted line yards and, and stuff like that, if you're really into that stuff, the New York Giants and the Minnesota Vikings were very, very bad, good teams. Okay. And and people were trying to figure out, like, I don't know about that, man. You know, they are what their record says they are, you know. And then the Cowboys just come in there and trounce them. I'm talking, there wasn't even a glimmer of hope. And I think the best part about this was the fact that, you know, they're they're you know, they're they're dominating on the the line of scrimmage. That offensive line, man, had some push. Every third down and short. I, again, Tony mentioned uh, of like kind of kicking back and relaxing during this game, I, like third down and short yardage for the first time in my life. I think I was just like, yeah, we're going to get this. You know, we're going to as long as we mm-hmm. run the ball, we're going to get this. And there was a couple balls that Dak threw that were absolute lasers. And I'm like, in a bad luck type game, those balls get dropped, put up in the air and picked off. You know what I mean? And there was a couple and I was just like, oh, my God, everybody everybody's doing something. You know what I mean? They're getting, they're throwing the, the gallop at the end of the game. I don't even know, maybe to get him a, a, on a stat sheet or something. I don't know. But the fact that everybody got involved today, CeeDee Lamb got involved. Dalton Schultz threw a couple great blocks. He did have a short arm, gator arm. I don't know if he was trying to get cute with it in the beginning of the game. He was trying to get it with one hand. But then again, I thought his left arm might have been even tugged or something like that where he didn't have the ability to even grab it. So can't blame him for that. But there was just a lot of, a lot of good to take away from this game. Um, and let's just get give some game balls before we move on to Thanksgiving, because, again, we don't want to, like, take away too much of the steam out of the rest of the podcast network, because I know there's going to be a post game uh, after Thursday. And, of course, there's going to be uh, shows throughout Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday leading up into this game. But it's it's our duty. It, it have to. It's our it's our duty to cover uh, the next game with considering it's in three days from now. Um, so game balls. I'll start with Aiden. Um, again, you can give it to anybody. There's no obvious answer here. I mean, there's plenty of obvious answers, but like, if you want to go outside and outside the realm of possibilities and give it to somebody else, go for it. But I'll, the floor is yours first. I'm going to go outside the realm of possibilities and I'm going to give it to not a player. I'm giving it to a coach. I'm giving it to Mike McCarthy on this one. I know that that loss stung for fans last week. I would be willing to bet that that loss stung even more for Mike McCarthy, given his history with the Packers. And he just, it, he brushed it off, apparently had this team ready to play. And they put up one of the most impressive wins I've seen. in I don't know how long. And now this team is building confidence going into a short week. You beat the giants on Thanksgiving. I mean, you're getting close. If all the, all it takes was for the Eagles to drop one more game and you control your own destiny. And it here, could be so. against us. Yeah, you know, so well, well, it would have to be one more before us for us to control our own destiny. But regardless, Mike McCarthy had the team ready to play. And I mean, it was flawless across the board. Secondary game ball goes to Dan Quinn after a week showing last week. But man, coaching staff. Good job. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this episode comes from Viator. 
Sure, a good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Aiden is in on the coaches. Before I throw it to Tony, I'm going second here. I, I, I'm I'm undecided. Like, and this might steal some thunder. I don't know, but again, all the great offense, all the great defense. But boy, oh boy, boy, oh boy, did my man Brett Money Maher stick it to the NFL uh, with that one where they're like, oh, you know what? Hold on, hold that thought for a second. I know you just drilled a sixty yarder, but. We're going to have to go review that play anyway, and then they do, and then Maher, even I, I believe I saw a smirk. He was like, all right, watch this, and he just blasts another one. My man hits more 60-yard field goals than anybody in NFL history. He's got more 50-yard field goals than anybody that the Dallas Cowboys have ever had in one season. The guy is absolutely balling out, a second chance of life again. You can't say enough about the offense and the defense and everything that we've done today as a team of just complete domination. But boy, oh boy, if you had Brett Maher on your fantasy team, boy, you ate good tonight. And uh, Brett Maher did himself a service and made himself a lot of fans. And, you know, the confidence is high now. When's the last time we had a kicker lineup where we weren't like, mm, I don't know about this? Like, Brett Maher is having himself a year. And again, I know. There's going to come times where he's going to miss a kick and he's going to miss a big kick. Right. But you can't discredit what this guy has done in, in now 10 games of football. The Cowboys are seven and three and he hasn't cost us any games. There's not been one game where we're like, man, we would have won had it been not for Maher's kick. You know what I mean? There's just it just doesn't feel that way. It doesn't look that way. I don't think it is that way. So Brett Maher's getting my game ball. So now we got Brett Maher and the coaching staff are getting game balls out of this luxurious 40 to three win. Tony, save us. Who, who's getting your game ball, bro? I honestly love that you guys did that because the guy I'm going to pick, I thought was, um, you know, low hanging fruit, easy selection. But the fact that you guys are able to pick that and it makes real sense and justify it is a great thing for this team. But I'm going to go Micah Parsons, man. Anytime you get 10 pressures, two sacks and a forced fumble in a game like 10 pressures. If we just sit back and think about how insane that is, my man had double digit pressures. That's nuts. He has 41 on the season. He has 10 sacks on the year, 43 tackles. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, Michael Parsons quite literally got the game started for us. Like that's the type of stuff that we've seen in the past where the Cowboys have built on the momentum, you know, Vikings win the toss, they get the ball first, Mike Parsons on third down strip sack changes the course of the game. We never look back. Those are the type of things that we haven't seen in the past. Or if we did see them, they were usually to us, right? How many times did you come out and you're like, Oh, they go three and out or we throw a pick or there's a fumble and you're like, man, here we go. But now it's like, we're doing that to teams. So you could have went Dak. Could have went Tony Pollard. You guys made some really good selections, but I'm going to sit here and say Micah Parsons with his two sacks, 10 pressures. Give that man the game ball. 
and I was saying it. I said it right before the game. I my kind of my my game day tweet. I said it's been a while since we had a Micah Parsons like game record game. I think he's due, and he was, and he absolutely was. He, he absolutely just changed the course of the game, as you just said, like right off the gap. Like just it's just the what he does at the speed and the rate, and, and like all right, I will say up forty to three at the end of the game or thirty seven to three at this point. You know he's still in the game. He gets hurt. He shakes up a little bit. He hobbles. I'm like, and I'm mad. I'm like, dude, we're up 37 to three, but he's the kind of guy that you literally have to peel him off the field or he's not, he's just going to be out there. And then they're up 40 to three. And I told my, I told my dad, which by the way, shout out to uh, CBS for taking the Cowboys off national TV, by the way, uh, which was rough in my behalf because I had to find some illegal stream or whatever. And my phone was going to doing the cha-cha and I probably got 54 viruses running through that bad boy right now. Uh, but I will say, and shout out to the people that hooked me up with a stream right away. Cause I was, I was panicking and then somebody's like, ah, what do you got to watch the rest of me? And they got it locked up. I was like, do you realize that I have to see every play, right? Like, it's just that it's not, <laughs> it's a sickness one and two, I cover the damn team. Um, so anyway, um, what was I saying now? So CBS turns the game off. What was I saying? Shit. I, I was on, I was on a tear there, but in any event, the Cowboys get it done, um, and and I think going forward, the recipe is exactly what it was. I have no complaints about Kellen Moore for the first time in, I feel like, forever. Uh, I have no complaints about Dak, nothing about the running game, the run defense, bro. Dalvin Cook was a non-factor. You know what I mean? An absolute non-factor. There was only a couple runs where the edge was set, where he, you know, busted maybe a six, seven yards. I'm like, eh, you know, like, and you just – Again, they're not giving up the 60, 70, 80-yard scamper. They're giving up these these nasty chunks on the intermediates. But overall, man, it's just like you that's the, the bugaboo going into the game. I'm like, everybody and their mother was like, oh, my God, it's Dalvin Cook. Like, what are we going to do? You know, what do we just get? We just got throttled here and this, that, and the third. Um, but everything, every single call was answered by the Dallas Cowboys. So game balls all around. Good job to the Dallas Cowboys for getting this big win, and they moved to 7-3 and three. now. Also in the NFC East, we thought for sure that Jeff Saturday could have pulled off some kind of a miracle against the Philadelphia Eagles. But again, the Philadelphia Eagles off a really bad loss to now the new, brand new, shiny new starting quarterback of the Washington Commanders. I don't know if anybody's heard that already, but that was announced by Ron Rivera. Carson Wentz is officially donezo. Um, and he said when he won. <laughs> Ron Rivera came back and he said, you know, when, when he worked, when he's worked back, you know, we'll see uh, how he does as a backup. <laughs> I was like, wow, man, this guy lost his third job in seven seasons. And, it, and and those morons out there, there was people out there that actually had a debate between him and Dak. And it's just, oh, God, I, I feel bad for those people, actually. And um, I, I hope- bet he'll be. He'll be the starting quarterback at the Carolina Panthers next season. Oh, whatever the case may be. <laughs> and then he'll lose a fourth job. And it's just like. You know, I hope, listen, I hope for all those who went out and said that Carson Wentz was a better quarterback. I hope they went out and got the help they needed. And uh, I hope they're doing well right now. <laughs> so I'm sure, I'm sure they're recovered and everything. But anyway, Jeff Saturday doesn't do us any favors. The Philadelphia Eagles bounce back. But again, those guys could be had, man. It took, a, and first of all, Nick Sirianni, did anybody else see that? Uh, all right, did you see it? It's just the easiest move he's Such a cringeworthy human being. And him to jump on the the bench and start shouting and puffing his chest out. I'm like, bro, you beat the Colts by one. And it's Jeff Saturday's third day in office. I feel like, you know, like, what is that? Yeah. Act like you've been there before. Well, not even that. Because last year they stunk. And this year they're finally off to a good start. And he doesn't know how to handle himself. 
You know, we all know people like that. You know, front runners, the you know, people that puffing their chest out, the guy who got nine of his friends there, so now he's chirping. Like I hate like yeah. He is exactly that city. So good for him. They got a good fit in Philadelphia. Yeah, Clown. absolutely. He he fits that mold very, very well. So anyway, the Eagles win, so they moved to eight and two. Uh I'm sorry, uh what nine and one? No, what the hell is the record? Nine and one. Nine and one. All right, so that's fine. Easy. <laughs> Piece of cake. Uh nine and one now the Eagles, but Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, they roll into the Meadowlands and shock the G-Men, and the Giants fall to the Lions today. So now that sets up a Thanksgiving matchup between these now second-place Dallas Cowboys, 7-3, and three, to take on the third-place New York Giants, 7-3. and three. Um, Again, this, this is a very, very big game in regards of, you know, I know the scenarios were looking a lot better last week when we lost the game, considering we're like, ah, maybe it'll be the sixth seed. You know what I mean? Like, but at this at this rate, you know, you find yourself at, at a chance. You're in the driver's seat. Whoever wins this game could be in the driver's seat to be the nag on the Philadelphia Eagles the rest of the way. Now, if the Eagles continue to play the way they're playing, they've already handled the Vikings, and now the Vikings are now two losses in. Um, so they're already a game and a half up in men. So right now, the Eagles sit there with, with the one seed. But now the winner of this game eventually might even get OBJ services. Are you looking at this game, Aiden, as a – look, all games are must-wins, but we've beaten the Giants already. They're going in the same record. The Cowboys and the Giants seem to be locks, you would think, to make the playoffs in the NFC. Is this more just of a flex, or like, do you really think that if the Cowboys can get this one, they're a legitimate contender to try to get that one seed? I'm talking one seed because if they catch Philly, they've already beaten Minnesota. You know, what else is in their in their front? That's the thing. I think that one thing I don't think we're discussing as much today, and maybe it's because in order to discuss it, we have to get ahead of ourselves. But beating the Vikings is huge in the fact that if the Cowboys can dethrone the Eagles as the NFC East leaders, you now have the tiebreaker against the Vikings if you guys end up at the same record. So it, huge win today, and yet... I do think the Cowboys are going to have to win out from now until Christmas Eve if they even want to have a shot of taking the NFC East. Once again, this is more of a result of the cupcake schedule that the Eagles are playing rather than the Eagles being an actually good team. But, I mean, you beat the you beat the Giants. The schedule loosens up. You get to play the – who is it? It's the Colts and then Texans. Colts, Texans, like Jaguars. Jag. Yeah. yeah so. I'm not concerned about any of those teams. You walk into Christmas Eve. This – this is a big game because this is the hardest team I think the Cowboys will face between now and Christmas Eve. Tony, how are you feeling about this one, man? It's important. You know, it's important because, um, you know, there's something to be said to try to get out of this three games and 12 day stretch with a winning record. Right. So if we beat the Giants, they go two and one in that 12 game stretch. They'll get a little bit of a break before you play the Colts, like we said, and it gets favorable there. If we're able, you know, we just took care of the Vikings, able to beat the Giants. I mean, you know, take every game for what it's worth. You don't want to, you know, get ahead of yourself. But there's a real good chance you could roll into the Eagles week on Christmas Eve on a five game winning streak. Right. And you got to feel good about your chances. Um, We saw what it looked like with Cooper Rush there and with Dak Prescott and our guy back. Uh, you you got to feel really confident. I mean, the Eagles have given us no reason to believe they're not a beatable team. No reason to believe that they're some, you know, there's some juggernaut. And, you know, they got a lot of a feelings that I felt about this Vikings team. I actually thought the Vikings were a better football team than the Eagles. So um, we'll see what happens. We got a lot of ground to cover from that. Got some more presents to buy before we hit Christmas Eve. But, uh, you know, you know, like you said, this Giants one is an important game because 
because of the implications within the division and what a win could really mean moving forward. And we just here at the first and 10 podcast would like to apologize for anything that we said wrong about um, Mr. Uh, I'm being as pr- appropriate as I possibly can. Mr. Aaron Rodgers, who takes on the Eagles next week. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. If you can dial, you know, turn back the clock again and, and just decide to just, you know, pluck those birds and see if you can do that on a big big week so before we get out of here i not so much a prediction on the game because i mean it's it's way too early to tell but the cowboys last time i checked were seven point favorites against the giants uh on thanksgiving which is like what what are we doing here you know like i i don't understand and now look now now you look at the schedule and you're like well we just beat the brakes off the vikings and the, and the giants just lost to the lions so maybe that spread looks good you know, before before the game, I'm like, what what are they basing this on? You know, like the Cowboys just like blew a 14 point lead for the first time in history outside of the fourth quarter. So I was like, why? Where did they come up with this? Um, but if you're looking at this game on the surface, Aiden, um, what are the keys for the Cowboys to get back and win another game, especially this big one at home on Thanksgiving? I feel like it's been a very very long time, and maybe I'm wrong. But I feel like the last couple Thanksgivings have just not gone our way. You know what I mean? It's been a while, right, since we've won on Thanksgiving. I I remember what I remember, like 2019. I think that was the Bills disaster. So what was last year? Was the Washington? No. What was last year? I'm pulling it up right now. So keep talking. So we lost (laughs) last year. I remember being miserable on Thanksgiving. I haven't been happy on a holiday. I can't even tell you how long. Um, I, why, why can't I think of that off the top of my head? I want to say we need, the, we need Mark Lane here. Mark so Lane 2021, we lost to the Raiders. 2020, we lost oh, to the, the flag. The flag games last year where we yep. had like 54 penalties oh, against right. us. Okay. The last time we won was 2018 against you know the, then the Washington you know Reds. You know, but uh, so yeah, they won 31 23 on November 22nd, 2018. So it's been one, two, three Four years. years since. Yeah, this will be the fourth season. You know, hopefully we can get a win here. It's been four. I feel like the old lady is for Titanic. It's been 83 years. You know what I mean? Like, holy hell. Like, are we kidding? Uh, yeah, oh, Jesus. It, it has felt like forever. And now, according to Tony, it has been forever. We haven't won on Thanksgiving since 2018. Um, but again, for them to get this win uh, on Thanksgiving this year and sweep the Giants and pre- pretty much pull the Giants back down into reality, because again, all your analytics will show you that the Giants have not, you know, they've it's, it's taken some fourth quarter heroics out of them to come back and win some of these games. And again, not taking anything because yeah, seven and three is seven and three. It's 700 football. You're doing well. Um, but again, today, I think Saquon had like a half of a yard or something like that. He had like nothing on the ground. Um, and that's their key to winning because I think Danny Dimes or <laughs> apparently he's Vanilla Vic um, was doing his thing. Uh, oh, my God. Tony, is that a real stat? They're three and seven in their last 10 Thanksgivings. Yep. Three and bro, seven. Just <laughs> bro. Like, are we out of our minds right now? Right. Yeah. So no wonder we got back in 12. We've won exactly. three Thanksgivings. Exactly. Yo, they hate us on holidays. <laughs> <laughs> what is Everybody wrong? comes to play, man. Everyone comes to play. Dude. Oh my God. And you know what? Now we're riding high off this victory. So I'm not predicting anything, but it would be very Cowboys. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, it would be very 100%. Cowboys. I hope, listen, listen, I hope it's on brand. I hope everybody out there is listening to this on a Monday morning, sipping their coffee, driving to work, doing what you got to do. And look, I know we're all flying high and we should, we should be feeling very good about ourselves after that win. But I I just want you guys to all mentally prepare, at least enjoy this win for three days wholeheartedly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, really, really, really enjoy it because Thursday comes around. It might not be fun. And when I say that, 
the Giants are going to keep it close. We're not going to get one of these 40 to three wins again. So, you know what I mean, like it just, again, we could be completely wrong because it could be a million scenarios and that's not one of them. Can we go out there and beat the tar off the Giants? I, I don't know, man. I, I don't see it. Um, I see them playing a better defensive game than what the Vikings just showed out. Um, I see Saquon Barkley busting off a couple more runs than, than what Dalvin Cook was able to do. Um, and who knows? Maybe halftime of this game. Uh, who the hell's the halftime? Is it the Jonas Brothers? It yeah. is. Yeah, yep. it is maybe, <laughs> just maybe, um, if they have like a, obviously they have their halftime show and they have their stage. Like, what if, if we live in a perfect world, what if like they're doing their halftime show and the Jonas Brothers are doing their dances or whatever they do? I don't even know what they're, I, I can't name one song, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but I will say, what if there's like something in the middle and like it pops open and it's OBJ. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, I'm here. Here we go. A contract in his hand. Yeah, contract. <laughs> I'm going to sign this right here on national TV. It would be very OBJ like and Jerry Jones like. Um, but listen, I won't really enjoy a Thanksgiving, um, which I'm called halftime show, unless they bring back Scott Stapp and Creed. Uh, Creed was the best, <laughs> and there was nobody that has ever beaten that. Aiden was in diapers, I think, if not even alive when Creed was out there doing their halftime show. Um, bro, Aiden, they had guys flying. They were flying. flying I've seen videos of it. I did it not was, watch a lot. It was majestic in every way, shape, and form. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Anyway, one more thought uh, around the table here. Tony, I'll start with you. Uh, you know, take us, take us into Turkey Day, man. Yeah, you know, I think this is an important game. Um, the Giants, anytime you play a division opponent, uh, especially one that's reeling off a tough loss and we're coming up flying high off a win, um, you know, I, I love this team in the sense that they're taking every game one game at a time. This is what we thought we were going to see last week. Instead, they do it this week against a quality opponent, you know, give them their second loss. But this this Giants game is important, right? They, they do some things well that we struggle with. They have a quarterback that can run. They have a, you know, explosive wide uh, running back and Saquon Barkley. Um, but, you know, I, I can say this with confidence. The Cowboys come out there and play clean football, you know, no penalties. They're out there and they're making, you know, not shooting themselves in the foot. The Cowboys absolutely could steamroll the Giants and really start ourselves off in a really good um, month of December here. So uh, this Giants game is important. Can't, you can't make it more than, than what it is, but there's a real chance and some real opportunities here. We wearing our throwbacks? We are. Right? We are. White yeah. helmets. The, the, uh -huh. the Oh, I can't baby. wait, man. That it's is good. a recipe oh. for the that's just yeah. A, I mean, uh, <laughs> can any of us predict a win at this point? I love it. I, I know. I know that you know. Anytime we wear a throwback, but you know, this is gonna look sweet, bro. It's we we tried it out there. We tried it out there at home with wearing blue against Detroit, and I texted Keith Ernst, and I'm like, mm, man, this is this <laughs> is not gonna be fun. I just got this feeling. It's a jersey color. It kills me. Aiden, final thoughts, bro. Great. To the coaching staff. No, to the coaching staff. <laughs> that I just gave the game ball award, just show up next week and do your job. The Cowboys have already beaten this Giants team. Nothing has changed on this team. They didn't have any big signings. This is the same Giants team that you saw in week two and you handled with Cooper Rush. Just do your job. And they're banged they're up. Done. Yeah, exactly. They're banged up. They got some injuries. They got some guys that, you know, with that quick turnaround, we're the healthier team, we're the better team. There's no excuse, really. Yeah, maybe we, we even get the Anthony Barr action back because I felt like he was right there. He was um, close. He was. He was. He was close. So maybe we get some Anthony Barr. Well, look, the Cowboys again get themselves a fantastic win, a feel-good win, a puff your chest out and grab all the chains off of Kirk Cousins' neck win, and it's a it's just it's a great feeling all around. The Cowboys handled it forty to three. Quick turnaround. Uh, we want to thank everybody for watching or listening to us each and every week as we proceed. And again, nice little. 
uh, kudos and a programming note for the two boys here with me, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis will be joining my um, Chop Sports family. So congratulations to you guys. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. I mean, it's my no, company. But, yeah, I mean, these guys are I'm very excited. excited. Um, it's a one big family over there. And again, I wouldn't have had any of the success that we have here at Blogging the Boys if it wasn't for these two guys. So it's only fitting that I get these guys to roll with me a little bit to get them some extra work and make some, you know, extra extra content out there in, in a world full of content. So be sure to follow everybody. Follow everybody on Twitter. Follow the Blogging the Boys podcast network. they got some crazy good stuff coming your way this week on a big, big victory Monday for Dave Sturgeo, Tony Catalina, Aiden Davis. This has been another episode of the First and Ten Podcast. Have yourselves a very, very happy Thanksgiving. Be safe, eat some turkey, and let's get this dub, Cowboys. Hi, I'm Neil Patel, host of Decoder, my show about big ideas and other problems. Right now on Decoder, we're doing a mini-series about one of the biggest ideas that's creating some of the biggest problems around, generative AI. Our series dives deep into some of the most pressing issues surrounding generative AI, with expert Verge reporters covering the cutting-edge frontier of the industry. How could copyright lawsuits completely upend large language models and image generators? How big a problem is AI-generated misinformation for the 2024 election? And what kind of impact are AI chatbots having on human relationships? Decoder's AI series will help you understand what's going on, why, and where it might go from here. Tune in every Monday and Thursday for new episodes of Decoder wherever you get your podcasts. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.